Los Angeles. It's your social media lawyer, Ian Corzine. This is Ian Corzine coming to you from the Social Media Law Podcast. We have a guest today that I'm really excited about. Her name is Catherine Bosley. Uh, she comes from uh, Ohio, right? Is that right, Catherine? Ohio, right? Right outside of Cleveland. <laughs> Catherine has a long history uh, being a news reporter uh, for multiple decades, and she has a story to tell which will lead us to our discussion about her advocacy against cyberbullying. Thank you so much for being on our show, Catherine. Oh, I'm so glad, so glad you're having me. <laughs> Thanks very much. Where can people reach you online if they want to reach out and, and you know, take the benefit of some of your services as a public speaker and also as a coach? Sure. Uh, CatherineBosley.com. It's that simple. Catherine with a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Bosley, as in Tom Bosley, B-O-S-L-E-Y. Uh, you can find all my information there. And yes, I am taking um, my, my presentation to high schools and colleges and corporations all around the country. And it's just, it's going beautifully. And I, I'm so heartened by the response I'm getting. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. You know, um, I've done a lot of work uh, on YouTube. I have a, a YouTube channel that's fairly successful and um, have looked into doing some videos on cyberbullying because, of course, my specialty is social media law. And I want to help creators avoid this. They're putting themselves, themselves out there on a day-to-day -day right. basis uh, and um, are subject to this. And so I'm so glad to have a discussion, a reasonable discussion about this with an advocate against it. So I'm so happy to have you on today. Yeah, I hope I can help you out. I think I've got some very valuable information. Awesome. Well, Catherine, uh, I'd hate to be overly provocative here, but let's get to your nightmare. <laughs> we got to get to my nightmare. Your nightmare. Because I, was, yep. I was in my 30s. I had uh, just overcome open heart surgery after I found out that I had a defective heart. And mm -hmm. uh, about two years later, I came down with a terrible lung disease. And the lung disease made the heart disease seem like nothing. I went from running a marathon to a hospital bed able to speak a full sentence about breathing treatments to open lung surgery. They thought I was going to die. Wow. Experimental drug therapy saved my life, but it was three months of not knowing. So going from open heart surgery, where you feel like your life is certainly in danger to open lung surgery and this lung disease that no one knows what it is, it, you kind of find yourself in a mindset of survival. Am I going to live? Well, when the doctor finally told me I was going to live, from the, the lung disease, my husband and I decided we we're going to go celebrate and we're going to go do that in Key West, Florida. And you know, Key West, Florida can get to be a crazy place. So we're celebrating our one year anniversary plus the survival, plus beating the lung disease. I was still taking a lot of medication as we were working our way off of the lung disease, but mm -hmm. um, something kind of rose up inside me. I'm in my 30s. I've never done anything <laughs> wild or crazy in my life. Yeah. I'm a television news anchor in little Youngstown, Ohio back then. Yeah. And you know, I was doing my dream career. And I, we're in Key West and we're walking by this bar and they're going to have a crazy event. And I walk in just to see what's going on. <laughs> and all of a sudden the MC is saying, he's looking for women to take part. And I'm like, I'll do it, <laughs> not knowing exactly what I was getting into. And it just ended up being a silly, crazy night on a stage yeah. in Key West, Florida, uh, a cut loose in a way so many young people do today. Of course. And, and I so regretted it afterwards. I mean, immediately afterwards. I knew I stepped out of character. I knew yeah. I did something that I would, that I was embarrassed, that I'd be embarrassed about if anybody ever really found out. Now, this was the day back when we had cell phones that took pictures 
but there were no one knew what to do with those pictures on their cell phones, right? Yeah. They just kind of stayed there. And so there's college co-eds out in the audience, and I just didn't think much of it. Sure. So my husband and I thought we're we regret it. We'll just we'll we'll leave it in Key West, learn from it, never do anything crazy like that again. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about pictures for the most part. About nine months later, I get this horrible phone call on uh, on Christmas morning on our our messaging messaging machine at home. A woman saying, "Pretty much, you prissy little." <laughs> bitch your days are over there's this video of you in key west girls gone wild going from bar to bar to bar out here being played at another a competing television station so you know your days are over wow. so indeed, i thought my days were over um, well let's 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 pause right there and let's just get uh, clear on it so anyway so you, you you know you went through such a traumatic time i can't imagine honestly going through the fact that you have a a, a very um a serious lung disease, and then going to open heart surgery. Uh, that is just, I, I read that um, on your on your bio, on your website, and I was just taken aback. And then you did what most of us, 99% of us would do after you triumphed basically over the over the conditions uh, yeah. and having gone through all that drug therapy and, and went on to, to have a party in, in Key West. And that, that's awesome. Um, I, yes. <laughs> I totally, it's totally expected. I guess the only thing is that was the time period, I think, when we were less sensitive to the fact that people are taking photos and taking video of everything right. we do, right? Right. And even though nobody could really do much with it back then on their, the kids on their cell phones, there were, the, the foundation of it was all there and that was the internet. And there were two, there was a website there and there was a, a video company there and they recorded it all. So once that hit the internet, uh, it, it started to spread like wildfire from website to website to website. And, uh, comments just came pouring in by the hundreds every day. I lost my job. <laughs> I lost a few friends. I lost any sense of, of self-respect. But with those, the comments, some of them were kind and supportive. And, and like you say, people understood. And they're like, you know what? We all make mistakes. We all do things. We're, we, you know, we're so glad the cameras weren't there at the time. Right. And, uh, but so many others said, you know, you're stupid and you're ugly and you really don't need to live anymore. And those were the ones that hit me the hardest and I, I thought I was a strong enough person where something like that wouldn't really right. affect me these strangers saying this so well, you, they were cyberbullying before we knew yeah. what cyberbullying was you you know you use a term which um, I don't know that applies I mean especially in today's age you said you made a mistake um, I, I guess in, and I'm, I'm not going to go into details or whatever but I guess you were dancing on tables uh, having fun well uh, on stage yeah <laughs> on stage, sorry on, on a stage having fun um, my goodness, uh, a mistake. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe back then when we were a little bit more, uh, I don't know, conservative or something, less progressive as society, that might be something, oh my gosh, a, a news anchor shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, looking back at it, I go, what? what is that much to do about nothing uh, in this situation? So, uh, right. and a lot of people, I appreciate that a lot of people see it that way. I still look back at it and it's, completely regret that I would have done something like that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you live and learn. And so what happened, ended up happening is that, you know, photographs and video were taken. Is that correct? Yes, yes. From two professional so companies. Photos and video were taken. Uh, you wake up nine months later, people are saying bad things about you because you had fun one time in Key West, like a lot of us do and want to do. Uh, and so as a result, you lost uh, your gig um, at the local TV station uh, yes. and you were just in deep depression, right? Oh, terrible. I mean, terrible depression. And I, I, before I know it, I've got media from all over the country. I've got national media, Inside Edition, Good Morning America, Oprah, The O'Reilly Factor, just hounding me 
uh, for for interviews. I there was I had no place to hide. People were driving by the house, honking their horns and yelling things, you know, out the window. And uh, yeah, I got to the point where I couldn't really even leave home uh, without wondering what was going to happen or being fearful. So one time it did, it got out of hand. I was being chased down. Uh, I got home and my husband, I called him lawyer and um, story put short here. We ended up three federal lawsuits later. Mm -hmm. The first lawsuit, I got copyright ownership to all of those pictures, uh, to the the video and the uh, pictures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second lawsuit, another competing television station, they violated my copyrights. Uh, we had a settlement. And then the third one was Larry Flint, a Hustler magazine, decided to use one of my pictures and again, violate my copyright. And we won that. Well, I want to get into this just a little bit because this is the area uh, that I deal with, which is a copyright, online copyright. Um, so um, uh, the first, I guess the first lawsuit, um, uh, you, you actually sued for violation of your right of privacy because someone had taken photographs and then used them for arguably a commercial profit. purpose. Right, for profit. It was it was a company similar to Girls Gone Wild. Not, not everybody remembers Girls Gone Wild these days, but it was I called know. Dream back then. Yeah, yeah. And that was apparently the tape was selling online. It was selling all, all over the place. Yeah. Do you think that you were first in this? I mean, part of me goes, um, one of the reasons why people were captivated at the time was because this really, quote unquote, had not happened before. Or do you think you were the, the first person you know, to kind of get in trouble that was public? Yeah. No? I, I look back and I always... I look back to Monica Lewinsky and I, I say, oh, I think she was the first to show us all how the cyber world could turn a real life world upside down permanently. Okay. Uh, so I look at hers as kind of the first, I wasn't far after, beyond, you know, after her. Uh, so I, yeah. I, and I think mine really was an eye opener. I think that's why Diane Sawyer was calling me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that everyone was like, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yes. So yes, truly. Actually, I believe mine was one of the first that showed the world what's going on. So let me take you through your story real quick in the, in the copyright suits, and then we'll move on to what you're going to be doing. You've turned, you know, made lemons, uh, lemonade out of lemons. Um, and re- really what happened was, you know, for the first suit, you side for, sued for a violation of the right of privacy. The settlement that, are, that came from that was that now you and your husband were the owners of the, the photographs and video. Uh, which is great. Um, we always talk about this um, online a lot. It's so I, kind of ironic. Um, there's a dichotomy there that you have to uh, sue or you have to buy the rights to pictures of yourself or video of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it works in copyright law. You, the photo- uh, excuse me, the photographer and the videographer actually have the uh, main rights or the primary rights to the photographs and video that they take. Um, and so you got that. Uh, and then the second lawsuit was, what was that for? Yeah, the second lawsuit was we discovered that there was a, a television station in town that was uh, editing the the video that I now own the copyrights to. They're editing out all the uh, other women in it, in the event mm-hmm. <laughs> that night. Okay. And so it was just me. And then uh, they, they had handed it out. I, we don't know how many times they had handed it out, but we did a little investigative work <laughs> our lawyer was incredible and he right. found out where the tape was coming from and where it was being distributed from so that ended up being a settlement as well right so that was my that was my first att- my first attempt at using my now my new copyright ownership mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know and of course many people said oh my gosh you're going to go through a horrible lawsuit is it going to be worth it but of course it's going to be worth it i mean if i if i went through one uh you know 
legal situation to try to get the copyrights in the first place, of course, I am going to use these copyright, this copyright ownership to protect myself. So that was the first time I, I, I did that. And so we were, I consider ourselves very successful with the, uh, with the settlement on that. Yeah, I, I think your lawyer was was a genius. Uh, I mean, obviously, at the, the the first, you know, you you had some damages that you experienced as a result of someone else publishing these things that you didn't want to be published. But it was so smart to say, listen, if he doesn't have the means to pay a judgment, let's at least get those rights so that we can control the narrative and control the photos and the video right. going forward. So, yeah. really, really good job to your to your lawyer. And then this, then the third lawsuit was again, and I'll just describe it real briefly from what I've read. It was um, a situation where Hustler magazine had published. Uh, some of your photographs or a photograph um, relating to one, yeah one photograph news women news women right yeah, some, yeah. something like the hottest news news babes mm-hmm. the hottest news babes and by then I had reclaimed my career too I got hired in in Cleveland Ohio um, okay. which was great so I got my 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 career back on track but just as I'm getting my career back on track suddenly I'm alerted to the fact that yeah Hustler magazine yes. has a picture of me and. Yeah. The thing is with that, you know, of course, they tried to claim fair use and they but what they were doing was they were using my picture in a competition. Mm-hmm. So basically as a promotional event mm-hmm. in their magazine. So whoever I, I, apparently readers were invited to send in a picture of who they thought was the hottest news babe in, in their town. And whoever mm-hmm. they decided, yeah, she's the hottest news babe, they get, you know, a year's so I was I was part of a competition. There was no fair use. There was nothing newsworthy about how they used my picture, and that oh. was that was seven days about a seven day federal trial. It was amazing. Wow. Well, you From know, one little to, night in Key West. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, we don't get to see that very often. Um, it's funny. I, I talk about copyright and fair use all day long in my my gig. Um, and so that was interesting that that was their defense, uh, because, right. uh, you know, I could imagine them saying it was for a news purpose. Uh, it was oh, yeah. for an educational purpose. It was, uh, reporting, <laughs> um, all these different components of, uh, section 107 of title 17, they probably alleged. Um, and what was great about this whole thing is the court, thankfully, uh, and it was, it was, it, did it, was a jury trial or was it a, um, just it was, a, this was a jury trial. This yeah, it, it sounds like it was a great thing that they really evaluated the fact that really the, the main purpose for publication of your photo was a commercial purpose. They were trying to get guys to look at pictures of pretty women and sell right. magazines as a result. So right. you won that case and man, many, a big uh, a round of applause for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was David versus Goliath. Let, let me tell you, it was our our little lawyer and my husband and I sitting at you know the plaintiff's table, and the other table was an army of lawyers for Hustler uh-huh. Magazine from New York and L.A. Uh-huh. And it was, it was all us. Yeah. So well, and, and they of course appealed and appealed, and um, so it was several years before we finally got our, our, our before it finally came to a close. Well, it's wonderful to hear that. I think that that is just something that you should be really, really proud of for the rest of your life. You know, one of the things I want to take you back to that leads on to your current mission is the fact that at the time when you were going through it, when the photographs have surfaced, when you're going through the depression, it was compounded by the fact that you were being cyberbullied online. Isn't that correct? It was. You know, and I always say, you really don't know how it feels until it happens to you. And it is, it's a torment and it's a brainwashing. Uh, like I said in my TEDx talk, I don't think even experts quite understand. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was, uh, I was to the point where my comfort was knowing that there was a 
a drawer full of leftover prescription medication from uh, from surgeries. Mm. Mm. That, that would do the job. So mm. that's where I found my comfort for the longest time. And there were many nights I went to bed and I thought tomorrow, tomorrow, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, my, my career, it was my dream career. I'd worked, I worked, I'd known I wanted to be in TV news since I was 12 years old. I worked all my life and I finally wow. got to the point where I was, I was happy. So that was taken, taken away. Any chance of getting it back, I thought was gone for the longest time. And you know, that I would always be known as the naked news anchor for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. So it, it did. It came to the point where I, suicide was a serious uh, consideration. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, once I started to fight back, mm-hmm. though, I started to find this inner strength mm-hmm. that I, I never knew I had to to not only survive this thing, but to, to thrive and, and to find my way back to my, my life again. You know, I, I, go ahead. I just, oh, go ahead. I was going to I was just going to say, in the middle of it all, I remember trying to go for a run, and even going for a run was tough for me because I really had to be in disguise. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, just just falling to the ground one winter morning when I was out for a run, just promising God if I could survive, but somehow I'd make it out. So mm. today I'm, I'm trying to do just that. Well, I I I, uh, I just can't imagine what it was like. Would it be like? I can't imagine what it would be like then. What would it be like now? Um, I. I have an inkling of it. I, one time I, I um, got all high and mighty on myself and, and member did a tweet in, in response to some other large um, uh, Twitter person's uh, comment. And I remember I got a lot of hate as a result. Uh, yeah. And it, again, small it little thing. Just, I just put my opinion out there for, and it was a small little thing. But I, I, because of the, that, the volume of this particular um, uh, personality, um, and the fact that I, I wasn't really criticizing him, but I was just making my, my opinion known. It, you know, for the next three days, I was bombarded with images of my some of my videos. They changed my wow. image and all these things. So I, I remember I feeling depressed at just that little thing, and that went away in three days or so. I can't imagine yeah. when your livelihood is built on being a public personality. You have a lot of success there. You're known throughout your local community as a famous person, and and and, and beyond that, uh, and then. Um, one, you know, one evening, um, it, it changes your life. So I'm just, my heart goes out to you and I'm just, it just shows you how strong a woman you really are. Oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I do always say faith, family and, uh, and friends truly to, to the rescue for me. I, I really do, um, give those three <laughs> all the credit, mm-hmm. honestly, but, but you're right. When you see it coming at you online, mm-hmm. when you see it on your cell phone, when you see it on your computer, there's something about seeing those words written about you. And, it's, and especially when it's strangers are lashing out, people who have no idea who you are, what, you know, what you're about, and they're hiding behind these screen names or you know, they're, they're getting their, their thoughts out, their ignorant thoughts out you know, yeah. anonymously. And it's, it's, it's not fair and it's, it's hurtful. And no wonder so many young people end up taking their own lives when this happens to them, whether they do something to bring it on themselves or they just happen to be the person that people decide to pick on, you know, mm-hmm. as it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it, it shows also that you're an even stronger woman because what you did is a lot of people facing that and then confronting that and then beating the lawsuits and, and moving on, getting their career back would just be, that's cool. I had a little a tough time there and now I've triumphed and now moving on. But what you've actually decided to do was change the narrative and actually say, this is my experience. This is what I felt. I don't want other people to go through the same thing I went through. And so I'm going to start up um, a website and you have a whole bunch of different programs um, so that I can help people 
maneuver uh, the difficulties of cyberbullying and rise on the other side. Can you right. describe for us kind of what your mission is and then what you can do to help us if we, God forbid, have to go through cyberbullying? Sure. It, and it's really, it's a twofold mission. Number one, it's raising awareness about the consequences of everything we do online and off, how it could come back to haunt us, how little room there is these days for a what was I thinking moment before it's part of you forever and for all to see one mouse click away. I kind of compare it to, to a modern day scarlet letter. So, you know, I will, as, as long as I can control it, I will never have someone take a picture of me with a drink in my hand. I will, I, I'm always so mindful of anything I do in public. If I pick up a, a piece of clothing that I think I'm going to buy at a store, then I change my mind about it. I take it right back to where, where I got it. Okay. I mean, you're sensitive. All right. I understand. I'm very, I'm uber sensitive. You know, some say, are you a little paranoid? And I said, you know, you learn, you, you learn a lesson and don't forget it. Yes. Uh, so there was a situation not long ago where a woman on a flight, a, a high level executive, she was because she was sitting next to a baby and she didn't want that so she asked the flight attendant if the flight attendant would please move her when the flight attendant couldn't do that this woman had a tantrum and oh. someone was recording the whole thing and the tantrum included i want the flight attendant your job is toast oh. and then she oh. had a and it ended up going viral that yeah. that moment that that woman had and the flight attendant didn't lose her job but that woman did so it can be anything, anything we do. So you've got to remember when you're angry that your bar barista didn't make your latte the way you want it. No. Calm and understand. Well, you know, I was going to say, I was going to say, I, I read a nice little uh, blog post on your website. Uh, I say nice, I shouldn't use that word, but it was a great post. And it was talking about the fact that one time you were out and about it around town and you happen to see a police officer in his car uh, taking a nap. And listen, they're, they're human. Uh, they work all night sometimes. Uh, they have a difficult job. So sometimes they're going to make a mistake here and there. You saw it and you made a, a quick little joke, but, but your blog post was really interesting and said, listen, I could have taken a photo of that. And I could have Oh, it would have been social media gold. No, not only viral. was he sleeping, he was sleeping in a drive-through at a donut shop, a police yeah. officer. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was working the morning show and mm -hmm. I had to be at work 4.30 in the morning. So it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm driving through and he's not at the window and he's just didn't pull all the way up to the window. And he's, I drive up to the window and I drive around him because I'm running late. And I'm like, what's going on back there? I didn't look at him as I drove by. I think I might have given a dream because I was in a bit of a hurry. So I'm yeah. like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. And at the window... I asked the woman, what's going on? And she says, I don't know. I can't walk. I can't leave the building and I can't see around here. What is, what, his order's ready. And I look in my rearview mirror and I see this officer with his head flopped back and his mouth wide open. So of course I get out and <laughs> run back to see what's going on. And he lets out a store. And so I wake him up. He was okay. And I walk away and I'm thinking, well, it's a good thing someone didn't catch you before I did. Because, you know, people who are so big on social media, what a golden moment that would be, video or, or pictures. And what yes. would have happened to your life after that, you know? It's such a great story of restraint. I mean, obviously you had particular experience because you had been ruined, so to speak, online. But, um, but it's such a great uh, story about, about, you know, not always jumping for something that's going to be viral, not always not thinking about myself, thinking about the other officer. And, you know, one of the things you, what sentiment you had in your blog post was just like, listen, I, I, I had the capacity at that point to ruin someone else's life for my uh -huh. own gain. 
Right. And, and um, you didn't take that opportunity. You, no. you uh, made light of it and you moved on. Um, a lot of us have to take that same type of approach because we're always looking for the next viral moment. We're oh, always yes. For something you got to think cool. about how it's going to affect other people. There was a, also a situation of a, when I say you got to watch how it affects other people, there was a situation where there was an anchor man who decided to tweet uh, a picture of his privates and he did. And of course that went viral. And of course his job came under jeopardy, but um, and uh, you know that happens. It's it's a more. I mean, it's not even that surprising, right? Which is which is befuddling oh. to me. But oh. his son was found dead the next day. Oh God! Um, in 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 his bedroom, an eighteen year old. And of course, and it was a drug induced death. And you know, there's a lot of speculation. Was because he couldn't couldn't handle it. I mean, he had to be so embarrassed about his his dad. So you got to also think about what you put out there, how it's reflection on other people. So that's the whole one side of, of the message that I get across is really be so mindful about what you're doing and, you know, how it could affect you, how it could affect others that you're, you know, taking pictures of and how it could affect the people that you, you love. Right. And I talk about a happy, healthy selfie when I talk to the students about thinking, you know, you only need to get happy stuff out there, honestly. And healthy is make sure you're looking at everything going on in your picture. What's going on behind you? What kind of signage is behind you? What are people doing in the mm-hmm. picture with you? And what are you doing that could be misinterpreted down the road? So mm-hmm. all cautionary on that side. And then the other part of my mission is inspirational. And I, you can rise above this. Mm-hmm. As I work my way back up into television, my last couple of years, I still work in TV news in Cleveland on a freelance basis. But my last couple of years, anchoring on a full-time basis, I'm reading more and more stories of these kids killing themselves. And it made me just think, I've got to get to them because I know how I did it. Yes. You know, and I, so I've kind of got a, a four-step formula that I, that, I, that I preach when I, when I speak at schools. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the last part of it is really that this too shall pass. Yes. No, yes. although what's out there online is forever and for all to see mm-hmm. the, the, the charm of it will go away and, um, and, and life does go on and you learn from it and you, you become a stronger and, and better person from it. But it mm-hmm. is this too shall pass. Like, like everything we do in life, you know, you, you come across struggles and you think this is the end of your world. This is the end of your life. And then you look back like, well, that passed. Yes. <laughs> I'm still alive. Yeah. So, right. So you know, uh, hope. Hope. Hope is is really important, and I, and I do believe in that that it shall pass. You know, I guess the 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 yin and the yin and the yang of of online media a lot of times is that oh my gosh, it can be so devastating when it happens, but because the news cycle, quote unquote, is so fast, yes. um, <laughs> you know, these days especially, um, uh, it goes away, quote, quote unquote, so fast. Yeah. Too. So and that next sparkly ball comes out. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. You know, I was going to switch gears a little bit um, just to go back to another uh, blog post that you uh, wrote, which was really interesting to me. And, and it, you know, we don't have to go into the, the details of it, but I do think that it's starting to happen quite a bit, or I shouldn't say starting, it's been happening for the last five years, but revenge porn. Uh, you, you did a post on that. Um, and I, to be honest, I'd, I'd like you to, to I really am not familiar with the concept so much other than what I can uh, surmise from the term. Uh, what is it and how do we avoid it? Right. Well, so, and I'm going to actually send you when we're done talking to to someone who I wrote the story. I wrote the blog on her because she was a revenge porn victim, and now she's got an incredible mission, uh, oh, wow. a global mission. But really, it, it comes down to originally the the term was coined, and so uh, you know people start dating, mm-hmm. and then so she sends him you know uh, nude pictures. She mm-hmm. texts him nude pictures. 
And, you know, he's, they're all excited about it. It's great, great. While the relationship lasts, then the relationship goes bad. Yeah. Revenge on her. He, uh, he sends it, blasts it out to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's how it originated. And of course it's taken on new forms. You know, I, kids, kids in schools, they're, they're using, sending pictures out left and right of each other and, and calling it revenge porn. Too. Mm-hmm. So it's really anytime um, someone in a way they're, they're extortion in a way. Yeah. yeah. And the term sextortion has been, has been used this way mm-hmm. too, but you know, you do trust someone and you send them pictures, whether it's a man or a woman, mm-hmm. and then those pictures somehow get disseminated beyond where they were meant to be. So mm-hmm. uh, getting disseminated without consent. Mm-hmm. And that is what revenge porn is. And it has ruined a lot of lives. And here's the thing with that. When those pictures get out there, there are a few websites out there, hardcore porn websites that will find these pictures and they post them uh, on this dark, dark side of the web and people's names are attached and so forth. And then not not only is it going viral in your own world because someone sent it out to your your friends and and co-workers, your fellow church members, whatever it may be, but also these hardcore uh, global porn sites have the picture and they're blasting them out everywhere. So revenge porn is a very serious thing and it does cost lives. In, in, in and basically the, the thought is don't uh, allow people or don't take pictures of yourself in compromising permissions or uh, positions, right? That's what I say. I mean, I absolutely say there is no such thing as uh, safe nudes. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Now, the one that I was mentioning to you, she says there are ways to make them safe. I disagree with that. Um, don't do it. Because you don't know when your phone is going to get lost or stolen. And yes. that and that's what actually happened to her. She had pictures of, of herself that she sent to her boyfriend, nude pictures, mm-hmm. and her phone got stolen. And now that then the pictures just, you know, they they went viral. Mm-hmm. And so if if you have the pictures, understand that there there's a chance, there's a significant chance. What do you say to those people? Because I've heard this uh, that take pictures of themselves in compromising positions, but they don't they they cut off their head. You know, they're 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 not readily identifiable. Do you think that that is appropriate? Do you think that's still something that can be disseminated? Well, you know by now that I'm super sensitive and super careful when it comes to stuff like that. I I think it could be dangerous. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the technology, but Mm -hmm. I know that many pictures. if you do some research on the picture, you can find out where it was taken, when it was taken, you yeah. know, and, and maybe you can find out the camera that it was taken from. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's really never anything that is true privacy yeah. when, when you do anything digital. And I don't want me to, I don't want to sound like I'm victim blaming because I'm not at all. I mean, we have been intrigued by nude pictures since caveman times, right? Yeah. You know, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> on the caveman walls, you yeah. know, we, yeah. we like, Humans, for some reason, they're, they're, the human body is beautiful and sure. sex is beautiful and sexy is is intriguing and beautiful. Yeah. And now we've got this technology that we're taking all that stuff too, and it's just it's it's getting in in the way and it's it's bringing it down a road that it wasn't meant to be, and that's unfortunate. And it's not the person who's who's doing the pictures or receiving the pictures. You know, it's not necessarily their fault, but it is. It's something you just need to be so mindful about. And if you really want to protect yourself, don't take those pictures. Yes. Well, I think that's exactly right. I think we should definitely stay away from that uh, at all costs. 
Um, and what I was going to say was, so now that we understand kind of the mission that you're out to, to help people with, um, we want to talk about some of the ways that you can help them. And I do know that you are a, a well-known, uh, accomplished keynote speaker. You'll go to different conferences and, and give your talk about cyberbullying. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Cyberbullying. And again, I, I also hit up, you know, to be, to be careful. So my presentation is called Digital Everything Right Now, Forever and For All to See. That's my main presentation. I do several others that are somewhat related mm -hmm. to that, uh, you know, strictly on rising above and strictly on avoiding. But the uh, digital danger yeah, or that digital everything forever and for all to see is, is all encompassing. It's very comprehensive. And I, mm -hmm. so I take it to high schools, colleges, and corporations. Now the high schools and colleges, you understand exactly where yes. the uh, value it would have there, but also with, when it comes to corporations, you know, corporations are only as good as their weakest link. And if their weakest link is someone out there who is taking pictures of his naked butt sitting on a bar <laughs> or, or whatever, and so, and their name is associated to your corporation now you're going to be maybe a little bit on damage control. It comes down to reputation management on a corporate level, and it involves every individual that works for you understanding that they need to be more responsible and more disciplined with their social media and their online activity. So yes, high schools, colleges, and corporations, mm -hmm. and conferences, um, I, I am available, and I, I love to get my message out as far as I can. And well, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's needed. I think um, these days, especially in California here, we have so many requirements that employers provide training, different types of training, sexual harassment and all sorts uh, for their employees that this online coaching uh, is really needed too, because yes. you, know, you lost your job. I mean, uh, people who make a, a, a small mistake in their life can lose their job as a result. So if employers were smart out there, they would get their employees together, have a, you know, a talk from you uh, so that they could be educated on not taking pictures of themselves in compromising positions, um, uh, not doing things that are going to get them in trouble. So I think it's really needed. Uh, and along with that, um, you know, I guess you're going to do, you do uh, corporate consulting and you do personal coaching too, like coach people right. through a cyber bullying disaster. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and to provide hope and to um, provide some avenues to to overcome, you know, reputation management, truly social image management. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there are ways to to work your way into making sure that what comes up on you online, it's the first thing is not that naked picture that you wish you didn't put out there. Yeah. Um, so so yes, I'm absolutely available for that. I've got other uh, resources that I that I can send people to. And, and, you know, and it, it's, it's wonderful mission. And I, you know, as much as I love television news and I've loved yeah. doing it for, for 30 years, um, I have never been so, uh, oh, we felt so much reward and, and uh, gratification than, than, than doing this feeling that I truly am making a difference. I believe everything happens for a reason. I kind of believe what happened to me happened for a reason because I, I found a voice to go out and, and try to, to help guide others through this. Well, we, uh, speaking of collective online, we, uh, we thank you so much for giving us the benefit of your experience being so vulnerable. Uh, I guess, I guess some of it voluntary, some of it involuntary, but we can learn from your story and that we can rise above that. Um, it's just going to happen more and more, you know, um, one of the yes. common refrains, you know, a lot of us on the online, you know, platform, uh, you just begin to think that everyone knows um, the dangers of social media, but I got to tell you, a majority of people don't, they really they don't. don't understand they, it. And they think it's yeah. not going to happen to them. And that's, yeah. that's, 
you know, what it comes down to. It wouldn't happen to me, but it, it, it could easily happen to you. Didn't that executive on that airplane didn't think it could happen to her either. Agreed. So it could happen to anybody else. Also have a book coming out hopefully oh, next year called The Bare Facts. So bare fa- oh, I like it. That's a good play on, on words. Yeah, look at you. You're smart. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. So just, I want to let everybody know uh, out there listening. So um, Catherine is definitely available for uh, keynote speaking engagements and also corporate counseling, personal counseling. And if you need it, because she has so much experience there on camera, uh, coaching and counseling, correct? Yes. Yes. That's a lot of fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we need it. You know, we're good. These days uh, I'm telling people that you just can't do business in society without being in a video at some point. Right. And we don't, you got the training. Yeah. You got the experience. <laughs> We're just sitting there in front with a you know a Canon camera, sitting in our room recording stuff, and we don't have any ability uh, on camera. So it's really wonderful to know that you can offer those coaching uh, secrets too. Yeah, a few tricks along the way, absolutely. All right, Catherine. Well, we're we're coming to the end of our time together. We really appreciate your time. Can you let everybody know how they can contact you one last time? Yes. Again, it's CatherineBosley.com. Common spelling, Catherine with a C. Common spelling, Bosley, like Tom Bosley, CatherineBosley.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Also, you can find me on all my all the regular social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. I, I welcome, I welcome to hear from you. You are very easy to find. So I'm, but I'm also going to put your links into the description uh, of this podcast so people can click on it and get go right to you, Catherine. Thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. Yes, it was it was a pleasure talking to you, and I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.